What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Binging Batch, what should be your favorite Bachelor recap podcast. We are back. It is the Laura and Guest Show, and we have a returning guest this week. It is my lovely internet friend, Alyssa. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be back and to once again use my viewing of the show for something good rather than just taking up space in my head. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> uh, so, Alyssa, I guess we'll kind of go back. We were talking a little bit before we started. Um, you know, Women Tell All was last week. We had Fantasy Suites tonight. What were your overall impressions of Women Tell All? I I don't like Women Tell All really ever. Um, I just, I feel like it's a rehashing of what we saw on the season. They just yell at each other again about stuff that they've already yelled at each other about. Occasionally in some of the older seasons, you would see like really great friendships or something like that. Um, like what comes to mind for me is, and I guess this was after the final rose, not women till all that season, but when Becca Kufrin was named Bachelorette, there was a thing where they had all the, these girls from her season came and sat on the couch with her. And it was this cute, oh, we're all friends thing. And so when stuff like that happens, I really do like it. But I don't feel like we've had anything like that in Women Tell All in recent seasons. It's just angry. Um, and I'm not a big fan of, of that. And so I, I don't know. I didn't love Women Tell All. Well, and I think even with whatever, um, with Tasha's season, when they brought the guys back, it was, again, so much rehashing all the stuff we had just seen. And Absolutely. Like, like, this time, I didn't need to see the MJ Jacenia stuff again. It's all too fresh. And I'm just ready for them to change it up a bit and guess give us more women actually telling all and not the same fights over and over again. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is I... I, and I think I said this the last time I was on with you, Laura, I do have a tendency to kind of blame producers for a lot of stuff, but I do think that there's a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes on this season that I would have liked in a tell all for these women to talk about, but instead we just got, this is, this is what you already saw and we're going to yell about it again and basically make the same points over and over again, rather than saying, this is a true tell-all and this is something you didn't see, you know, or something like that. I, I wish we would have had more of that, which I mean, I guess we did get those random dates that we should have gotten during the season and didn't. And they gave airtime to awful stuff rather than these dates that they decided to show us later. But I don't know. Yeah. I guess that kind of leads into the one thing that we keep talking about is that Heather was apparently at women tell all, but never made it on camera. And it just, why she would be there and not get any screen time, I don't understand. Why waste her time? Why make her go through whatever quarantining, testing process again for her literally did not even say one word? Yeah, I mean, Heather was just really done wrong by the show this season. She had to quarantine twice, the first time to get sent home the night that she showed up. And then this time to not even get any screen time. I mean, you know, ultimately the main positive that she would potentially get from this season would be a boost in Instagram followers, but they didn't really even give her an opportunity to do that. Um, and it's, I'm sure she probably had a hot seat and they just decided it wasn't worth the time, 
But the fact that they didn't even acknowledge that she was there, and then obviously you saw shots of her, is so, so weird. Surely there are, like, some conspiracy theories out there that I have not looked up enough, but I just need to know the why. I'm just so confused. I wish this was a normal season, not a COVID season, because in a normal season, you know, they have, like, an audience. And there will be people who on a, you know, an anonymous Reddit handle or whatever will be like, I was at Woman Tell All, this is all the stuff that you didn't see, or, you know, this is the stuff that happened in between, or whatever and and normally they do a live after the final rose which i don't think it's live this year i think it's pre-recorded um i think is what i saw yeah but you know yeah you'll have people that are like this is what they were doing between commercial breaks and stuff like that and and since it's a covid season and you don't have an audience you don't get any of that behind the scenes stuff you know because the contestants are locked into contracts god damn it producers we want the dirt. <laughs> I know. I know. I want somebody to get on an anonymous Reddit handle and say, these are the high points that you didn't see. Maybe someday. How long do their contracts last? We'll just wait it out. I think they're a year because actually coming up, we're coming up on March 15th, which is when Pilot Pete's contracts expire. And when he and Kelly were still together, they were teasing March 15th as this day that they were going to do all this like exposing of the show, which since, you know, nobody really knows if they're together or not, they were seen together again. I, that's all very weird, but if they're not together, I don't know that we're going to get that tea drop, which I'm kind of disappointed about because they'd really been teasing that in their Instagram comments and stuff about March 15th being this big day that they were going to release all the tea. I had not seen that. I did not know that. So I also now hope that they, not that I want them back together at all, but I need the tea. Yeah. I don't want them back together, but I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> well, what we only have, that's a week away. So I know. <laughs> Stay I, I'm, tuned. <laughs> I'm hopeful we get something. I I'm hopeful. <laughs> yes. Cannot wait. Okay. Well with that, we can just dive into the episode. So Fantasy Suites tonight, we, of course, have Michelle, Brie, and Rachel. And, you know, what would a Fantasy Suite date episode be without them awkwardly sitting around together several times throughout? I hate that they do this now. You know, they they started doing this again with Pete's season. And before that, they never had them together during Fantasy Suites. Once they split up for hometowns, the contestants weren't back together again. And it just... It's just so unnecessarily mean. And I know that they don't have as much probably to show as they do when they're traveling because you can show like random shots of the city they're in or whatever. And you can't really do that when they've been at Nemecolon for six or eight weeks or however long they've been there at this point. But I, it just feels so mean. I wish they wouldn't do this. I know. It's just not, it, it's so stressful to begin with and then it just rubs it in their faces and it's not fun to watch them all be awkward and hate their lives around each other. Yeah. I mean, the fantasy, the whole concept of the fantasy suites is weird to begin with. And the fact that then you have to make them sit around and talk about, this is what I did with Matt next last night. And you're going to do this with him tonight is just truly, truly awful. I really wish they wouldn't do that. 
Yes. Uh, agreed. And my initial comments were, you know, Michelle is all ready and she's ready to tell him how she feels. And Rachel saying she's wanted it more than she's wanted anything ever. And then Brie, who I was just not convinced of her feelings at the beginning of this episode. And it just, and then we have Chris Harrison coming in to save the day and make it even more awkward and repeat that they're all going to go through the same process. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many reminders of you're all going to spend the night with this guy in the next, you know, over the next several days, which surely, surely they give Matt some days off. Surely it's not actually days between. I feel like before they didn't, quite as hard push that like these are back to back as they have in, in recent seasons, but there's no way, especially when most of the time, at least past contestants and leads have talked about that. Like they stay up all night talking. Cause it's the only time you get without cameras. I mean, if they have, if they're not given Matt's Matt days off, he's how many hours without sleep by the time he gets to the end of the third day. I mean, surely there's days in between. Yeah, there, there's no way that they're just rolling one right after the other. There's got to be a break. There can't be. I mean, otherwise Matt wouldn't be able to function, I would think. Yeah, like you would have to go first because then the rest of the dates would just go downhill because he'd be so out of it. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be days in between. Um. So for, before we even get to Fantasy Suites, we cut to Matt and him talking about how it's been so hard in his past with things and his feelings and he runs away from hard conversations. And then his dad shows up and my main note was just a big Y in all capital letters. I hate that the show did this to him. I, I, I my impression was that he didn't know his dad was coming. That's at least the way they portrayed it. Maybe that's not the way it happened, but that's the way it seemed. I hate that they did this to him, especially where it definitely seems like they have a pretty strained relationship. And I mean, obviously it was, it was important enough that, that Matt talked about this conversation with the three women on each of his dates with them. But it's just, I mean, what was the purpose other than to just torpedo his emotional well-being before he goes into this fan these fantasy suite dates? And I think it was kind of like, even his dad kind of brought it up. Like, we could have had this conversation before. It, it's very forced to me, and it's for the cameras, obviously. And I understand that Matt getting engaged is a big deal. But again, wouldn't that be something that you maybe talk about in private before you even go on the show? Like, hey, end game here is I get married. Let's chat because you fucked me up a little bit. It, it really, to me, I i mean, I don't see any other explanation for this other than, which you've seen producers track down family members and ex-boyfriends and whoever else from people's past before. And I, I read it as the producers went and found Matt's dad and were like, hey, we'll give you this amount of money if you come on the show and have this conversation. I... Maybe that's a wrong reading. Maybe Matt knew. But I. it didn't seem like Matt knew his dad was going to show up. I feel like if Matt knew, maybe this is a crappy thing to say, but it makes me think less of him. And like, 
what a shitty move on if he knew and he okayed it to think that you have not talked to your dad in however long and then you're going to spill your heart out on national television. Well, and, and part of the reason why I think Matt, there's no way Matt did know was because we see at the end previews for next week where Matt's mom and his brother are there. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't make sense for his dad. Next week is the week when the bachelor's family meets the contestants. It doesn't make sense for his dad to be there this week. You know, I mean, as far as like a typical narrative of the season. And so I really, I really don't think that Matt knew. Well, I guess it kind of like you said, especially why now there's three left. It's not like he's picking a wife in this moment. Yeah. He's just narrowing the field. Yeah. I, it, it just really felt like, and I mean, you saw with Colton Underwood's season, they brought in Cassie Randolph's dad right at the same time, right at, at fantasy suites during her fantasy suite date, um, which then of course set her off. Um Ari Leyendijk's season, they brought in Becca Kufrin's ex-boyfriend where he had a flowers and a ring and was like, I'm going to marry her, which was ridiculous. I mean, they do this at this stage of the show, I feel like most seasons. And I, I, it just, it felt really icky to me. This was the worst one of those. You know, that's, I mean, that's exactly the word I was gonna say. Icky. Yeah. <laughs> it it just it just kind of it made you not feel great about watching it because it it was definitely a conversation that shouldn't have been had on TV and didn't really feel like something Matt was super gung ho for it happening. And at one point, you just really see Matt's face shut down. And I feel like you've seen this like on one-on-one dates when he's talking to someone and he, they say that they're really into him and he's like, mm, Nope, this isn't going to happen. And I've got to send you home. He just kind of gets this look on his face where he's, he's out. And at one point in this conversation with his dad, he had that look on his face where it was just, he was just done. He didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And I mean, it was funny when it was happening in one-on-one dates with these girls that, Maybe he would have given him a rose if they didn't, you know, really hit home how much they liked him. But it was not funny anymore at this point. It was it was really pretty sad. And I think it's one of those things, too, that, okay, if, if he didn't know, I'm sure he did not expect the conversation to go the way that it went. I, I, I mean, at the end, he accepted his dad's apology. and But his dad didn't want to... I mean, kind of like you said, he said we could have had this conversation at another time. We didn't need to be talking about this now. He kind of defended his actions to a point and tried to blame Matt's mom for things that had happened. And it was just not a great – I'm sure we missed a lot, but I feel like it was just not a great path. And surely the producers thought it would have gone better than it did. Yeah, I mean – yeah, he, Matt's dad does apologize, but he also didn't really want to. It took him a little bit to get to that point, and I it really only happened after Matt had kind of had that shutdown moment. And I don't know, it just it it the whole thing made me not not super pleased with the show for having it. You know, I mean, maybe they were trying to reach people who 
don't have great relationships with their father or something like that. But I could honestly see that being a pretty triggering conversation, especially the part where Matt's dad was defending things like not being faithful to Matt's mom. I mean, he, you know, was not really owning up for his actions. And, and I don't know that it was the positive conversation that the show Hopefully, you know, if you're going to try and give them accolades, hopefully they wanted it to be positive, but it wasn't that. And I almost wish they would have shown us less of it because it was just so, so personal and really felt, I mean, most of the show you're violating the privacy of the people on it, but it really did feel like almost an invasion of their privacy. I think too, not that I... I'm sure they don't edit the crap out of everything, but it was almost one of those that like they could have edited things differently to make it more positive. If they had wanted to make it a more positive overall vibe, you know, we didn't need to see the parts where he was defending his actions and almost couldn't give an answer on whether or not cheating was okay. We could have just circled back to the end where he said, I want to do whatever I can to be in your life and be helpful and supporting your relationship. So why, I mean, it was awkward to start with, but we could have made it less awkward almost with more editing, which I know is not real, but it would have made us all feel a little bit better. <laughs> well, and, and I, to me, obviously this, this is Matt's reality that he had a relatively absent father, but I feel like the show is kind of relying on using this stereotypical narrative of an absent black father that isn't, you know, I, it, it isn't fair to use that for a dramatic storyline. And obviously it's Matt's reality. It's, it's a part of him. It's who he is. But I, I just, I feel like they used it like again in an icky way. And I don't really, I hate to like use that same, you know, phrasing, but I don't really know how else to explain it. It just made me feel gross watching it almost. I felt really bad for Matt and I felt really bad for the situation, but I just, I really felt like it wasn't something I should be seeing. I shouldn't be a part of this conversation, even though I had no input because I'm the viewer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I No, I completely agree. I think it, I don't know, it either needed to go better, which I know we can't control, or they needed to force the narrative better rather than trying to let it be a real life quote unquote conversation. And they could have cut it completely. They didn't have to show it. And I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, I think especially a lot of people realized going back to fantasy suites last week or not fantasy suites, women tell all last week when they had these dates that they had completely cut out of the show, they chose to show other things. And they didn't show those dates. And I mean, they deliberately showed this, this conversation that Matt had with his dad and it didn't even have to be there. They didn't have to have it. If, you know, if, if they didn't feel like it was appropriate, which I, I haven't been on Twitter again. I tried knowing that I was going to do this with you. I tried to avoid other people's, you know, input other than the ones that I was watching the show with. But I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people who aren't really thrilled with the fact that that was on TV. Yeah, I think I was off of Twitter for that part as well. So I'm sure it will, I would hope it would be the same icky feeling that we are also feeling. 
Although before we leave this conversation, I do want to point out the Matt quote of, if you wanted to celebrate, we would go to a Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, Matt, you are an adult. Like (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese is not for you, bro. Maybe it's because he knows that his dad doesn't know who he is now. Right. (laughs) It's a whole thing with his childhood and the pizza. It's coming full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, That's so all I have to say about that, though. It's just was icky. Yep, yep, not for us. And I hope they don't do something like that again. I'm sure we'll get some interesting conversations with his mom and brother, but I hope they're not on that level. Yeah, I hope not. First up for Fantasy Suites, we have Michelle, the angel, and her traditional Pennsylvania Dutch spa date. Which I had never heard of this before. I don't know if you have. <laughs> I I have never heard of this and I am struggling to believe that it's a real thing. I have a lot of questions about this. Um, first off, like, why wasn't there someone in there to, like, tell them what to do? They were just stuck in this room with a bunch of food and told it was a spa and then they just kind of went for it. I mean, it was very odd. That was my main thing, too. I was like, okay, they're clearly confused. Is no no one going to come in and say, put your feet in here, rub this here. This is a milk bath. Yeah, Matt had to stick his finger in it just to to try and tell if he thought it was a milk bath or not. Oh, and so, I, so weird. I know. I, I need to Google it because surely there are not places... People in Pennsylvania are not just rubbing butter, sticks of butter all over their bodies. That was a giant pyramid of butter, too. I that, There were so many butter sticks in that pyramid of butter. I I mean, they, they single-handedly supported the dairy industry with that one date. Like, it was, I mean, there was so much dairy in that room. Yeah, I was like, if I'm expecting a spa date, this is not what I have in mind because neither of us know what we're doing and we're just rolling around in food. Yeah, that did not look um, relaxing. And it also just looked like you needed to take a shower when you left. I I, I did not. I, I wouldn't have loved that date. It was it was different for sure. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess they had good conversation kind of during that, but then we get to their chats later and Matt saying that he felt really comfortable with Michelle's family. And I loved Michelle's parents. I thought they're so cute. And clearly from what she's saying, they have a great relationship. I think everybody felt comfortable with Michelle's parents. I, I want Michelle's parents to be there all the time. They were just a really a really lovely presence and I it didn't surprise me when Matt said that about her family um because because that I felt like really came through the screen during hometowns um yeah I I I do think and I think he's not just comfortable with her parents I think Matt is really comfortable with Michelle and you see that in those interactions that they have you know when they back when they went bike riding even tonight when they were doing the weird spa date, you know, she, they were laughing, they were having a good time. You know, he, he definitely seems very relaxed around her um, in a way that I don't know. He seems the same way when he's around others. 
I, I think that she definitely has a calming effect on him. I think they've just always clicked and clearly, I mean, she makes it another week, but I am just rooting for them so much because, you know, she has a great family life. That's something that he's maybe that his family is missing a little bit, that traditional parent role. So someone else for him to look up to. And I just think they're too cute. Yeah. She, I mean, she's just very stable, you know? And, and I think that that's something that Matt is really looking for, you know? Um, and, and you really, you can't help but root from her for her. Of course, she's also, since she's a teacher, you know, that makes you, you want to root for the teacher who's spent her life taking care of kids. And, um, I, I, she's so lovely. Um, and of course she does tell them that she's in love with him. Um, which is the first one that we've seen do that. Of course it's, the first fantasy suite tonight. Um, but he kind of, he kind of said, thank you. He didn't really say much back, um, which, which made me nervous for them. Um, but you know, the, the, her telling him that she loves him was a big step. That's kind of my pet peeve with him this entire season. And the joke has been made before that anytime anyone shares anything with him, he just says, thank you for sharing. Like he doesn't give a lot back to encourage those feelings. (laughs) Which, I mean, you know, they they typically don't say anything back. You know, I mean, of course, it was such a big deal with Ben Higgins this season when he said that he, he told both JoJo and Lauren Bushnell that he was in love with them. And, you know, JoJo, having seen the show before, really thought that when she, when he told her that, she, that he loved her, that that meant she won. Because you don't typically see The Bachelor saying that to contestants unless they're the winner. Um, and But I, I feel like that taboo isn't there anymore. I feel like if he wanted to express those feelings back, he could. Like, it's not like there's somebody there saying, oh, no, you can't say it to her because we can't do that until next week, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. To me... I feel like if he felt that back, he would say it, even though I do think that he he wants to feel that way about Michelle. I, I, I just don't know that he does. I agree with all of that. I think he can see it, and it, I, it's kind of like, I mean, we're not there yet, but with Rachel, he's just, like, all about her, and he sees it, and he's into it, and he's like, Michelle is so great and fantastic, but maybe I'm not quite on that same level. Yeah, I mean, to me, and not to get too far ahead, but to me, it's obvious who his winner is at this point. Yeah. It's 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 obvious to me who who he's into, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm not spoiled. I you know I I I don't know what spoilers are. Um, and and part of it is based on some things that have happened outside of the show that aren't spoilers. You know, just the way that things have been going down outside the show as far as Rachel's concerned, but I just, I I watch him interact with these other women and he is just not as into them. I don't feel like as he is with Rachel. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's jumping ahead though. No, that's good. I mean, yeah, well leading up to that, so we cut away from Michelle and Matt and then we have Rachel starting to get crazy and saying that she's going insane. And my worst nightmare is him spending the night with someone else. And it's one of those that I'm kind of like, Every season, 
do we not understand how this works by this point? Like, I'm sure it is much harder in real life than it is to watch. But girl, you've been knowing this is coming. You know, uh, Hannah Ann Sluss on Pilot Pete's season, when when Madison Pruitt was starting to spin out about him spending the night with the other women, she said, we know what we signed up for. And they do. I mean, I feel like this, it almost needs to be like, Stated in bold on their contract, if you make it to a certain, you know, length on the show, the bachelor or the bachelorette is probably going to sleep with other people. You, you are aware of this, you know, but I, I do think it's probably part of the, you sign up to go on the show and you really don't think you're going to go very far or you don't think that you're actually, you know, even if you've watched the show for a long time, probably you don't think you're actually going to get feelings for the person, you know? And, and so I do think a lot of when you get to this point, you have women realizing, Oh crap, I really do like this guy. And I thought I'd be okay with this part of it. And I'm not because I'm into him. Yeah. I definitely agree with all of that. I feel like it's something, of course they always say you didn't know how hard it was going to be and I can't imagine it. And yeah, I'm just like, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, we should know this by now, ladies. <laughs> uh, then, so that's the end of our Michelle one-on-one. And next up is Brie, who I feel like for the past couple weeks, I have not seen Brie as in to Matt as anybody else. Like, I feel like she's kind of been my fall behind. Like, I feel like she was kind of trying to force herself into feelings for a while. And maybe that's just the way that she presents herself. I think Brie is just really reserved. You know, I, I just don't think she's quite as expressive as the other two. Um, and I, I don't think that that translates well to TV. You know, you you have to really be able to express your feelings verbally and be expressive with your body language and, you know, things that maybe somebody who's more reserved isn't as good at doing that for the camera. Um, and, and so I, I just, I feel like she's really reserved. Um, but I don't know. I haven't really felt like I didn't think she was as into him. I just, we haven't seen as much of her lately, you know? Um, they do really seem to connect as far as, you know, their dad's not being involved in their lives as much. And, and they talk about that at the beginning of the date. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't read her as being not as into him. Uh, To me, it's just, She's just not as comfortable expressing herself as the others are. I agree with that now that you're saying that out loud. Like, every time I watch her, I'm just kind of like, are you here for it? Are you not? I'm just not sure. But then she did seem very excited to go on their date until she found out that she was hiking and camping into the woods. Which my whole thing with this is I was like, you're going to make these people set up a tent and, like, start a fire in the middle of the day. Like, what is the purpose of this date? (laughs) When I saw them set up the tent, I was like, oh, no, that's not where they're having them do their fantasy suite, is it? I I was I was going to be I was going to be rioting for Brie if the others got really nice hotel rooms and, and she just got a tent in the middle of the woods. That, that would have really made me angry. Luckily, that was not the case. And she did also get a, a hotel room. But I let them set that tent up for them to then not do anything with the tent. <laughs> I love that Matt's whole thing was like, don't tell Brie, but I've never done this either. And I'm like, what is the point of this date? Like, 
just why? <laughs> there was no point. There was no point to that date. The rubbing butter all over each other seemed like there was more of a point to that date than let's set up a tent and then not use it and then sit around a fire in the middle of the day. <laughs> what I wanted to see was them building the fire. Like we know some producer did that for them. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you know, they didn't build that fire. <laughs> uh, I guess it was just to make Brie uncomfortable with the idea that she might be sleeping outside. I don't know. <laughs> You know that sometime on on some form or in some interview, she was like, yeah, I'm just not like a hiking, camping, outdoorsy girl. And they were like, cool, we'll make sure we put you on that date. Awesome. <laughs> Write that down for later. Uh, uh, and then, I mean, basically they talked about how comfortable they were around each other and, you know, they had to make out. And then Bree's whole thing was that she has to show him what life would be like as his wife. And then I have to tell you that my recording froze and I missed the entire evening portion of their date before we hit the next morning. <laughs> oh no. Well, Bree did tell him that she is so in love with him. Um, he of course didn't really say it back, um, but did seem pleased that, that she said it, um, which, which I thought was a good sign at the time. Um, Honestly, I mean, most of their conversation to me wasn't anything that I, it really, it really didn't resonate with me. Honestly, I didn't make a ton of notes. Um, they do pretty quickly go into the fantasy suite. Um, and the note that I made is at one point, once they go in the fantasy suite, they're like making out. And Nat, Matt, Matt, not Nat, <laughs> Matt does this nod and says, what do you say we kick them out? And it was very hot. So, I mean, the sexual chemistry between Brie and Matt is off the charts. They are very hot together. And it's, it's just tangible through the screen, that sexual chemistry that they have. I'm very sad that I missed all of that. Like, I just saw the morning after cuddling. <laughs> you need to go back and watch it. <laughs> uh, well, good. I mean, I, when she repeated in the morning that she said, he knows that I love him. I was like, okay, good job, Brie. At least you got your feelings out there. Yeah, and I really, I mean, again, this is jumping ahead. I really, I kind of going into the date, felt like she was going to be the one that went home at the end of the, of the episode. I really had kind of decided I already thought that Michelle and Rachel were the top two, not necessarily based on Matt's interactions with them, but more based on the amount of screen time both of them have gotten. Um, but then when they had this date and they just had so much sexual chemistry and he seemed very into her and they just... I really then was kind of surprised by the end of the episode when she went home. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'm sad I missed all of the fiery chemistry because maybe I would feel differently. Cause I still feel like at the end, I was kind of like, that makes sense. I was like, he's more into there too. <laughs> yeah. And see, I was, I was thinking, you know, I, I do think she's the one going home, but I don't know what his explanation can possibly be. Because everything really seemed to go just like it needs to go, you know, for a good fantasy sweet date. And we'll kind of talk about that at the end with what he did say to her. But first, Rachel, who is cracking more and more, 
with every passing moment. When she said that she did not want to see Brie, I was like, get a grip, you dumb bitch. But at the same time, I mean, that kind of goes back to before, you know, pre-Pilot Pete, she wouldn't have to see Brie. That, you know, I just, this thing where they have to interact with the other women, they have to come back the next morning and tell them about the date and have this conversation. It is cruel. I mean, I I can't imagine that I would want to, you know, sit and have a conversation with a woman who had just slept with a man that I was really into, you know? So, I mean, obviously, like, I I didn't, she did know what she signed up for. I don't think that maybe she should have been freaking out quite as much as she was, but I can kind of get it, you know? If you're really into somebody and you're like, I don't actually know how into, he, into me he is. And he's just had these overnight dates with these two other women who are gorgeous and intelligent and wonderful. And I think really highly of, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some insecurity there. I think it's one of those things too, that kind of full circle because the beginning we, as the viewers, I don't know. And the other women get upset because people contestants always say, well, we're not here to make friends. But then you better be best friends by the end of this because the three of you are going to hang out and talk about all the canoodling you did the night before and don't make it awkward. Oh, and I don't know that there's a way to not make it awkward when you're canoodling with the same guy. I've, I've never had that experience with, with my friends where that's been a conversation that we were having. And I really don't ever want to have that, that experience. <laughs> no, thank you. Keep it to yourself. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, one of the first things when she, you know, when they go on the date and, and Rachel gets there and you can tell, I mean, she walks up to Matt and they, she's very reserved. She doesn't really say much. They kind of hug. It felt tense. It felt like definitely weird watching it. Um, and one of the first things she says when they're sitting down is, she says, I don't know how I would be able to handle losing you. I don't know if that was the exact wording she used, but that just felt really manipulative to me. Um, of, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how I would handle this. I don't know how I would respond. So you're responsible for keeping me happy, for keeping me sane, you know, what insert, insert thing there. Um, and, you know, so that I can handle it. it. It just, it felt, I didn't like the way she said that. It made I feel me like comfortable. she kind of, I mean, not that he has seen all of this, but it felt almost manipulative the whole situation with her just crying and crying and crying and saying that, she, I mean, yes, they're all scared that they're going to get hurt, but that was part of the conversation too is I don't want to wait around for the heartbreak and it was just unbearable. And I already think of you about my, as my husband and the kind of pressure to put that on him, like you said, just, it's just a little too much. I wonder if part of it is the trauma bond from her having such a scary experience when they did the skydiving. Um, because, you know, Matt then says um, he references the, the, her crash into the ground um, and he says, I wanted you to be okay, which thanks Matt for not wanting her to die. 
I, you, I don't know what the alternative is if you wanted her to be okay. Um, but I, I wonder if that's part of it. You know, I, I think that that's a lot of why they do some of these like exhilaration dates and these really, you know, thrill seeking type of dates on this show is some of that trauma bonding. Um, and I wonder if that's part of these really, really extreme feelings that she's having for him. He even said that too. He said, you know, the parachuting thing scared him, but then it made him think, what would life be like without you? And usually those dates don't get that intense, but when she was slamming face first into the ground and he already had those strong feelings and she clearly already is in the, I love you. You're my husband stage of things just amplifies the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you, obviously you don't want anyone to have, an experience like like that crash that she had during hometowns because that was really pretty scary you know that it I, I feel like they kind of played it off but it looked pretty bad um it makes you wonder that you know if if something similar happened on one of the other dates if matt would feel the same way about one of the other women um of course you don't want that to happen but i really i really wonder if part of his feelings for her are that scary experience that they shared you know, as opposed to here, we're riding bikes here. We're, uh, I don't even really, I don't remember what breed riding in a Jeep. Yeah. You know, uh, here we're rubbing butter all over each other. Um, I mean, you know, compared to those dates, the skydiving was just so extreme, um, that, that I, I, that has to play a role there. Are you saying that this magical pottery ceramic date with this poor teacher who had to watch the awkwardness was not memorable? <laughs> the ghost date? The ghost date. Um, I mean, I, I, number one, I don't know that either of them know that movie. So I don't know that they get the reference. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they didn't really show us what piece of pottery they made. So I would say it wasn't super memorable. <laughs> I know my note at the end of it was just and now they share the pottery wheel and they suck face <laughs> did you see all that clay in her hair can you imagine how awful that would be to get out of your hair oh my gosh well and all the clay on his face and then she was wearing black jeans and he was just rubbing it all over her jeans too and I was like I get that we're like at a resort with like good showers but like let's leave her clean a little bit <laughs> She's not going to be able to wear those jeans again. Right. Luckily, luckily, they're at the end of the of the time at Nemecolon. Otherwise, she would be up a creek if she was planning on wearing those jeans a couple different times. Uh, so they get cleaned up. They get to their evening portion. Basically, Rachel bears her soul and says, you're all that I think about. I'm ready if you give me the chance. I've been ready to say yes. Which and then, all I could think about when she said you're all I could think about when she said he was all she could think about was they're at this resort where all all she's talking about every day is him. She's in these interview things all day, every day, talking about Matt. She's around these two other women, and all they talk about is Matt. The only other person that she sees every day is Matt. Of course, he's the only thing she can think about. She doesn't have her phone to scroll Twitter and, you know, know about what memes are popular. That's right. all she can think about because he's the only thing that 
she's you know she's only getting content about Matt all day every day. She's not consuming anything else. Matt is her life, her one track mind. Um, did you notice when she said that I hope that he gets a ring for me while I'm asleep and then I wake up and I'm engaged and he's proposed? I thought that was really kind of weird because, you know, the other women definitely both like made a reference to getting engaged or, you know, seeing him as their husband. Rachel really seemed fixated on like the ring and it needs to happen as soon as possible. Um, which I kind of felt this way throughout the episode. And I think Rachel and Brie are about the same age. Rachel just doesn't really have the same maturity about her as the other two. She, she just really doesn't have the same, she just feels a lot more immature. And some of that like extreme focus on the ring, um, kind of signaled that to me. I, what do you think about that? No, I agree. I feel like Rachel, I feel like their whole relationship has been a little superficial. And I know the traumatic crash brought them closer together, but I still don't see the depth even in the conversations they're having. I mean, it's it's always very like one-sided. It's very like her just saying, you're my everything and you're all I'm thinking about and him reciprocating when at least the other women have gotten deeper and it's been more about their families and their values and what they're looking for. And then, yeah, she's just like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I went from bawling my eyes out to please put this ring on immediately so I can just go home with you. I absolutely agree. I mean, they went from that pretty woman date where she got, you know, all of the dresses and everything. And that was, you know, relatively superficial to, oh, my gosh, I basically got a concussion from slamming into the earth to he better put a ring on my finger tomorrow. It just, I, I just don't feel like there's near as much depth with her as there are with the other two, which then mystifies me that I still, I mean, I fully believe that she is the top pick. Like, I, I, I think that she is who he picks and I just, I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand it. I keep trying to justify it kind of, cause I completely agree. I think it's Rachel all the way. And I'm like, is it just that he is so much more physically into her? I, I I cannot put a finger on what it is. But then I feel, I mean, I feel like that that physical chemistry between him and Bree is there. You know, I I don't know. I I really I kind of feel like at the beginning he decided it was her. And remember the first episode when he prayed. She was like crying and kind of free. Oh my gosh. I can't, you know, I like, she was in tears about him praying at the beginning of the season. And I kind of just feel like both of them, she just showed him such strong emotion at the very get go that he was like, okay, I guess this is it. And it almost feels like he hasn't really fully considered anybody else other than her. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing because, yeah, when she got so emotional episode one, I was like, and of course, this is before we knew all that we know now. I was 100% team Rachel. I mean, I thought that was an overreaction, but I was like, okay, she's gorgeous. This is great. And then that progression has continued very strongly. But but now we're here and I see how great Michelle is and I see that relationship and even though I struggle a little bit with the Brie side of it, I'm like, I see that more, there's more depth there. And I don't, 
what are we missing? <laughs> well, I mean, he and Brie, you know, have had those conversations about, you know, not having great relationships with their fathers and about there was, they, they had a conversation pretty early about both being mixed race, you know, and, and I feel like, yeah, they've just had so much deeper conversations and he and Michelle have had very deep conversations that I just don't see that depth with Rachel. Um, do you think if, if, if he picks her, do you think they're still together by the time they film after the final rose? I feel like, mm, well, cause I feel like we, after the final rose has not been filmed, right? Because um, I thought they were bringing in the new guy because Chris Harrison. It was supposed to be filmed at the beginning of last week, but I think it may have been filmed over the weekend. I don't know that for okay. sure. Okay. I, I've been avoiding stuff. But I, I, I did see it got postponed, so I think it was supposed to be over the weekend. I feel like by this point, unless Matt has been living under a rock and has not seen all of the stuff come out about well, her. Well, Matt put out a statement on Instagram. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. And I feel like it was his statement was good, but I feel like he addressed more so Chris Harrison behavior and didn't really touch on all the Rachel stuff which made me think that let's say they were together or he just didn't want to spoil it, that they were not together is what I was kind of thinking. He, he didn't want to go into that hole and be like, Rachel's actions were bad to make us think they're still together. I'm trying, I'm going to pull up his, his thing. Cause I thought he mentioned her by name. See, yeah, I thought he did, but he didn't like go into it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't talk about it a ton. Um, but he does mention her by name. I don't think they're still together. I don't think they are. Yeah, I feel like they, I, no. I think, I think that that statement was put out. I don't think they've been broke up long. I think they broke up not very, not very, you know, not very much before he put out that statement. Yeah. Um, which, of course, then makes taping after the final rose real awkward if you haven't been broke up very long. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's single. Which I kind of at the beginning of the season felt like he would end up single. I really didn't think he would come out of it actually with somebody. Yeah, I think I I feel like we, I don't know if I talked about this as somebody else on a previous episode, but it just like I'm not sure that he's actually ready for marriage. Like he needs a good, like strong, long relationship, like get that under his feet. But I don't know that he's all in on I'm ready for a wife. No, I, I think, I don't know, to me, Matt seems like somebody who needs, like, a serious girlfriend for two or three years, you know? I mean, I I don't know. I just, to me, he seems like somebody who would kind of want more of that almost traditional, like, relationship stage progression that you see, you know, okay, we've been dating for two or three years, we're serious, now we get engaged, now we're engaged for a year and a half and we get married, you know, that, that kind of that playbook that a lot of couples follow. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's what Matt needs rather than, okay, here's six or eight weeks. Now I'm engaged. Of course, most of the time engaged on this show means now we're dating, but there's a ring involved and they don't set wedding dates for a long time. And most of them end up breaking up, but I I don't know. I just 
I don't think he's there yet. And maybe he is, but I also don't know that we've been given enough information about him or understanding of who he is by the show for us to really know and be confident in saying he is ready to get married. I think especially given his whole family background and clearly his concerns about cheating and a seriousness of a relationship in my head, that too leads to he wants, he needs a standard follow the rules. Let's not rush anything because that's a real fear of his and he doesn't want to turn into his dad. So why are we trying to force something that is abnormal when you've seen the quote unquote normal fail? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But maybe that's the point. Maybe he wants to get do it completely opposite and just hope for the best. <laughs> I agree with you. But then I also can't blame him for, you know, when The Bachelor comes knocking and says, here's the amount of money that will pay you to be the lead of our show, not turning that down, whether or not you are ready for marriage, you know? <laughs> I mean, he can, he can he can look at the numbers just as much as I can and say, yeah, most of The Bachelors have not ended up married to their top person. I can go on this show and be with somebody for a little bit, get paid, and then move on with my life. And probably maybe have some real feelings involved and maybe learn some things. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, learn some lessons along the way, you know. It, it'll be a – and I think that that's – I think that's the attitude that a lot of people that go on the show have. That's like, oh, I probably won't fall in love, but it'll be a fun thing that I did. You know, that it'll be a weird thing that I can talk about. You know, I can get some Instagram followers or whatever. Um, and and I, I kind of feel like that's how Matt went into this, which I don't think is bad, but I don't think he's looking to get married, which, I mean, maybe the show shouldn't be requiring that as a thing that we're always talking about on this show. Yeah, I think it, yeah. I, it, I think given the success rate, which is not high, you would think that maybe we stop forcing the engagement portion of it so much. Yeah. Um, uh, but you no, know, who is not getting engaged? Uh, Brie. So <laughs> we get our rose ceremony. We get Michelle first. Rachel is next. And then I thought Brie looked so pissed when she did not get her name called. And then I felt terrible for her and she just cried casual tears throughout their whole little breakup conversation. Can you imagine getting broken up with and having to like sit there and hold the hand of the person that just dumped you and also hug them and try to have a rational conversation with them because the cameras are on you? That sounds awful. That's always my question too is do they just one take and make these breakup scenes last forever? Surely they don't repeatedly dump people. I mean, if they do... That is a whole new level of hell <laughs> that you just have to sit there and keep being broken up with. Oh, Matt, can you say it in this way? Can you turn this way so that the camera gets you now right. breaking up with her a fourth time? That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh gosh, that would be truly terrible. Truly because you terrible. know they do all the other stuff 27 times. So, I mean, oh. how long are the breakup scenes that we just don't get to see? And surely it's only one time. I'm going to start watching. I haven't ever really noticed how many camera angles they have going on when they do those breakup, when they show those breakup scenes. And I want to try and, and pay attention to that to see, you know, okay, 
they kept these cameras where they were the whole time. And, you know, this, this was one shot. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do it in more than one shot. Yeah. <laughs> I just have questions just from the outside yeah. in and not the shadiness of TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess. So then Bree's upset and Matt basically says, you didn't do anything wrong. There wasn't anything that came up. Kind of the not stereotypical, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. Which, I mean, stinks for Brie because I'm sure she wants to, like, be able to pinpoint where it went wrong. Especially when, you know, you leave a fantasy date that you think went really well. You know, you had great chemistry and then you get sent home. I mean, you... I. From what I saw, unless they were saying something in the overnight day, you know, unless there was a conversation that was like, oh, we're not lining up here or something during that overnight that we didn't see, you know, if I were her, I probably thought it went really well. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think, and not that she would want a reason, but how sucky to just be like, well, it just wasn't me. He just had stronger feelings for other people and I couldn't have fixed it and I couldn't have changed anything. I mean, that definitely has to give you some insecurities. I know it would me, you know, and and you're already in this environment where you're naturally comparing yourself to the other people around you because it it is a competition. And then, you know, if he picks two other women over you and he can't really give you a reason why he didn't pick you, your mind has got to go to, oh, I wasn't good enough for this, that, or the other reason. I wasn't, you know, this, that, or the other. I, I mean, that's just really got to, really got to make it tough on on somebody if they've got any insecurities at all. Oh, yes. Uh, I feel like. How do you feel? Would you like Brie as a bachelorette? Yes or no? I would love Brie as a bachelorette. I. Number one, I think the guys would be really into her. She is so hot. I mean, she's she's gorgeous. And I think that she I think she's got a really moving, you know, backstory with with everything with her mom raising her as a single mother. You know, I I I mean, I feel like it doesn't get talked enough about that she'd said that her mom had her when her mom was 13. I mean, holy cow, you know, and and I I just, I feel like she's, I feel like she'd be a great bachelorette. I don't know that I think she will be. I don't think she's gotten enough screen time. Um, I I think of the three that are left, if one of them is the bachelorette, I think it'll be Michelle. I, I don't really know why I think that, other than they've kind of featured her in several of those funny scenes at the end to kind of like make you like her more. Um, I, I feel like we've seen a little more Michelle's personality and maybe, you know, like I was saying earlier, where Bree's so reserved, you have to have a bachelorette that can really talk to the camera and kind of give their thought process and, and verbalize those things really well. And I don't know that Bree could do that um, in the way that Michelle can. Um, but I'm looking forward to Bree running paradise. Oh, yes. I think it'd be amazing. I, I really... I think Brie could be the hot commodity on paradise. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously we'll still have pilot Pete's women on there. I, I think Hannah Ann and 
I Madison Pruitt had been dating a basketball player. I don't know if she oh. still is or not. Yeah, a guy that I don't know what NBA. I don't follow the NBA. No, he, same. <laughs> he had gone to Mizzou. Is the only reason I'd seen it. And I'm originally from Missouri, um, but I don't know if they're together anymore or not. Um, so I don't know if she'll be on Paradise. But you know. Of, of Pete's women, probably the two of them. And if Victoria Fuller goes on the season, may, maybe she'll be a hot commodity. I don't know. I think, I think Brie will be the Hannah Godwin of her season where, where all the guys are, are, you know, very invested and interested in getting to know Brie. Yes. I, I love so that. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. And I think Michelle would be a great bachelorette. I hope that they, I mean, I would have been fine with both. Like they had the Katie rumors of her being Bachelorette, but then those got shot down. I've seen more rumors about Katie. Hmm. I've I've seen some recently. Again, I'm still holding out hope that it's Michelle. Yeah. Because I, I I just I I really think Michelle would be a good Bachelorette, and I think that what we've seen of her on some recent episodes, it's setting her up for a good Bachelorette run. Um. But I I don't know that Katie's out yet. Yeah, I I like Katie, but if I'm picking between the two, I pick Michelle. So I would cross. <laughs> I would too. I would pick Michelle of the two. Uh, I, well, I guess that kind of answers my next question for myself. Anyway, is who gets your rose tonight, Michelle? Even though, like I said, I I think Matt's going to pick Rachel at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like some of the almost manipulative language that I felt like Rachel was using. Um, I felt like Michelle. I mean. Michelle had a pretty well perfect fantasy date or fantasy sweet date and, and really breeded too. Um, but I, I feel like Michelle did everything right. There wasn't anything that I saw her do that. I was like, Oh, maybe you should have done something else for him to, you know, want you to go further or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I just, the more I see of Michelle, the more I like her and want her to be the bachelorette or, or to win this season, even though I don't think, unfortunately, it's going to happen. Um, I, I just really like Michelle. So, yeah, she's going to get my rose. Yeah, you said it. Exactly what I was thinking. Michelle's amazing and fantastic. And if she doesn't win, I'm hoping for Bachelorette. And hopefully she stays in our lives because I just think she's so nice and sweet and needs all the good things. I mean, even if she's not the next Bachelorette, that doesn't mean that she won't be the Bachelorette in the future. Um, but I hope she's the next Bachelorette. I, I really do hope so. I, I like her a lot. Um, I, I have a question for you, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yes. So throughout, throughout this episode, I just kept thinking, you know, how, how hot Matt is. Um, and so... Is is the open eye kissing a deal breaker for you? You know, if if the guy's a ten, but he kisses with his eyes open, is is that a deal breaker? Well, I feel like I, I we have seen him close his eyes a couple times, so we know it's not a constant. <laughs> so I feel like in that regard, uh, I mean, if he's a mat, I feel like if that's his only flaw, the big one. <laughs> I think I can get around that. It's, we'll it's just, not too much of an ick. We'll, we'll kiss a lot in the dark so I don't have to see it. 
Uh, you'll be sure to never open your eyes. Right. I will just always be lost in the moment, eyes closed. <laughs> if I don't know his eyes are open, it's okay. <laughs> right. What I what I can't see. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> Would it be a deal breaker for you if it's a Matt James? <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be. You know, I, I wanna say like yes. Yes, it would, just for the sake of argument, but no, it would not be a deal breaker. You know, he's a, he's a 10, but he kisses with the, his eyes open. Yeah, I'll keep my eyes closed. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sacrifices for love. <laughs> I just don't really know what he's seeing if his eyes are open. I mean, it, your faces are so close together. Surely he's not able to focus very well, you know, on something that close to his eyes. Even if both your eyes are open, it'd be like, you're almost be going cross-eyed. You're like too close. <laughs> you're just looking at my closed eyelids. There's nothing going on there. <laughs> uh, well, we have the end of Matt's journey next week. The finale. Predictions? Thoughts? I guess, I mean, we think it's going to be Rachel. I think it's going to be Rachel. I think they're going to be broken up. I'm excited for Emmanuel Acho to be the host of After the Final Rose. Um, I've I've listened to him on some podcasts and watched a few episodes of, of his YouTube show. I think he's going to be really good. He's a really good interviewer. Um, and he, he went to college with Rachel Lindsay. They were both at University oh. of Texas together um, and were friends in college. And then she and Brian have been on his YouTube show. And then he was the first guest on Brian's podcast that he does with Mike Johnson um, for for ABC and The Bachelor. And so I've, I've listened to him on those and it seems like he's really a pretty good friend of, of Rachel and Brian's. And so I think he's gonna be really good. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I kind of, the one thing I really, when I was thinking, okay, if, if, if they replace Chris Harrison permanently, what you know what are the criteria and the things that i came up with was that the person needs to be married because emmanuel Acho is a good looking guy you know if he's the host on the next bachelor season you can't guarantee that those women are there for the bachelor and not for him i mean he he's a, a very handsome man um and and so i you know that it makes me nervous that they're not going to keep him around as the as the bachelor or as the host of the bachelor because he could definitely be the bachelor himself um but i think he's going to do a really good job on after the final rose and i would love for him to be kept on um longer term i just don't know i don't know if that's what they're going to do or not yeah i feel like they kind of don't know what they're going to do yet but i'm excited to see where it can go with someone else leading for after the final rose and what improvements they've made and just better overall and maybe it's time for some change <laughs> i think it's time for some change i mean you know in recent seasons there have been very few obviously zach and Tasha did but there have been very few leads that have actually ended the season engaged to the person they picked um over the last over the last few seasons you know with um let's see peter was was broken up with with hannah ann and then kind of with kelly or kind of with madison but we found out later he was with kelly at the time you know that was a whole weird deal um by after the final rose hannah brown of course was no longer with jed um colton and cassie 
were engaged, but of course that was a weird deal because he did the fence jump, you know? And so I, I feel like we've kind of got a run here of non-traditional endings to the show, which I think is a good thing. You know, I, I think it's, it's time for some change. I don't think that things need to say, stay the same, especially when obviously the show has had, you know, some issues in the past and there, there has needed to be change. Yeah, I, I agree with your need for change. However, I am ready for a normal season where we all are just, no one is like leaving early. No one's coming back and ruining it. I just want a solid straight line to I'm true love. Again. I'm ready for them to go places again because I really do feel like them not being able to, you know, travel and get to do different things. I think that kind of contributes to everybody getting on each other's nerves and kind of having some of the petty fighting and drama. And so I'm, I'm ready to, for them to not just be in the house all the time yes. or the resort. If any other reason than so I can live vicariously through them. Oh traveling. yeah. I want to find places that I want to travel to via this show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, Alyssa with that, any other thoughts, anything we missed? I think we're good to go. I I'm excited to watch the season finale next week. And I, I mean, I think overall this has been a pretty decent season. Um, it's nothing like some of the other seasons that we've seen in the past. Um, but I, I overall don't dislike it. So that's good. <laughs> I feel like I like it better than last season. Not that that's giving it very high praise, but. As far as Bachelor seasons go, I like Matt a lot more at this point than I liked Pete. Yes. So... <laughs> One thousand percent. That's any inclination. I I like Matt. I I do think Matt's a better bachelor than than several than we've had recently. And I think I do think he's he's a pretty good listener and he handles interactions with the women really well. Um. So I'm I'm a big fan of Matt so far. Still. Um. I I I like him as the bachelor. I really do. And maybe next week we'll find out if he is engaged even though we think he will not last in that relationship <laughs> if he's single matt round two matt round two okay i'll take it i'll take it well he'd be ready for marriage in a year probably not but you know i'm okay with seeing him on my screen more of course that, after, after that i'll probably be ready to not see him ever again right and maybe matt and bachelor in paradise someday come around I don't know if they ever go backwards like that, though. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody ever has. Um, but, of course, you've got several leads right now that, you know, former leads that are single. It's just, I mean, it's got to be weird, you know, if you go on a season on a season of Bachelor in Paradise and people that you dated on your season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette are there. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that, you know. If you if you go to to Paradise and half the people there are people that you turned down already on your season, I I don't know that it's very productive for you to go to Paradise. <laughs> Just a nice little mind twist for yeah. them. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody somebody like Becca Kufrin, maybe that it's been there's been enough seasons that have happened already that most of the people on on Paradise won't have been people that she's already dated. Right. That's the magic of Bachelor, the Bachelor community. They're all intermingled and they're all talking to each other and they're all dating all the time. And there's always new people for us to like or dislike. Yes. 
Uh, and with that, thank you again, Alyssa, so much for joining me. A little last minute. I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to follow Binging Batch on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow whatever Laura wants on Instagram. Please tell a friend. Tell five friends. I mean, if they don't watch and they want to just chime in for the finale, that would be very entertaining to me. So pass it on. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Bye.